0: The End to End boys are back, episode 15 of season 3, me and Jor bringing you an episode on Tuesday, that's like one of the first times we ever did this, we usually record on weekends, Saturday or Sunday, but we couldn't this past weekend, maybe we get another one just in between uh, 5 days or so from now, but we're back here, um, N10's got some news to bring you, we got some milestones, some cl- clinching in the playoffs, some big injuries that are going to be sidelined out for the regular season and year. And some disappointing and great news to talk about. So without further ado, we could go on the first one. And this is probably the biggest news of the past week or so. And it's Paddy Marlowe passing Gordie Howe for most games of all time played. I don't remember the number, but it is a big number, obviously, because Gordie Howe played till like he was like 52. So Paddy Marlowe finally passes him. I think that was the goal for the season for Paddy Marlowe to do, to come back and play uh, more games than Gordie Howe. But... How do you feel about this and uh, the achievement that Patty Marlowe got this year?
1: So I think the number of games to officially pass him was like 1,764. So that's the official number. Obviously, he's still playing out the rest of the year. And then who knows what's going to happen from there? Probably going to retire most likely. But I have mixed feelings on it because Marlowe, for all he's done, he's not even like a close comparable as a player overall like figure of hockey compared to like gordie Howe, you know what i mean like leading up to like the record-breaking game like all the people on twitter obviously had to come out and give their take on it mm-hmm. and and i tend to agree with people saying like it doesn't feel the same because marlo like he was basically a solid nhl player that played a really long time and got really lucky with no major injuries so that's right. really what it comes down to but, like, like everyone would always think, oh, yeah, Gordie Howe, Mr. Hockey, most games played all time and all this stuff. And I, I also don't agree with people saying, oh, you have to count his WHA games. No, yeah, you no. don't. He chose <laughs> to go there, man. Like, yeah. that obviously doesn't count. It's his decision. He wants to go play with his sons, I think. Yeah. In the w- With Hartford. So, that's why he left. So that's his choice. So, obviously, <laughs> you can't add those. But, like, overall, like, I have mixed feelings. Like, it's awesome for Marlow to get it, but it's not, like, an all-time, all-time great for like yeah. one of the biggest records in like the NHL's history.
0: Right. Yeah. One of them. And yeah, especially in the conversation with Gordie Howe, it's pretty special, honestly. And you know, I'm if, I'm sure if Gordie was still alive, he would obviously come out and say, yeah, it's, it's a great accomplishment. He can do whatever he wants and pass the games. But yeah, you know, people on Twitter seem to have mixed thoughts on it. Like you said, um, you're right about that. And you know, I think my thoughts are just like, man, he played a lot of games and he's younger than Gordie. How was when he reached that record <laughs> and if he he had all those injury-free seasons, right? So, I mean, might as well pass Gordy Howe this year. But I, I don't think it would be the same if he came out and say, yeah, my goal this year was to pass Gordy Howe. I think that was the plan. But if he came out and said that, I think a lot of the people who didn't want even him to pass it in the first place are going to be really mad about that. But, I mean, if he, he had the games on him, he worked hard. He was a pretty dominant player, Patrick Marleau. Just last two seasons, not really. But, I mean yeah i think he's done after this year but it's obviously a great accomplishment to be even in the conversation with that name so yeah i mean yeah mixed feelings around the nhl around twitter all that stuff online but i think i'm in the crowd where i'm just like he's playing a lot of games might as well pass him right
1: yeah like i agree they really should have passed him because he, he was right there anyways it's just like it's not the same yeah, yeah. like it's not like Sidney crosby or like <laughs> you know, ov hitting this game's plate. It's like Patrick Marleau, like a guy that's never really like been the best, like left winger in the game really at any point, like the best, best left winger. He's always like, you know, top three, top five, probably when he was in his prime. Um, But it's just like, that's the only thing I don't like, but like, obviously it's a huge accomplishment for him and he really worked hard to get it. So I can't take anything away from him.
0: Yep, for sure. And we're going to go in another milestone and this player definitely worked hard for this one. So Gordy Howe is in the conversation for this one again, and so is Wayne Gretzky, and it is the record for 16 straight seasons with a point per game. He did not pass Gretzky or Howe. I think he tied Howe, but... Sidney Crosby joins those two players in that conversation for most or 16th straight season with a point per game. I mean, just really actually think about this. It's actually so crazy (laughs) how he's doing this injured, like three of the four seasons he's been in the NHL. And even in those years, he was over a point per game. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Unreal. And we may not get to this, this episode, but he should definitely be the third spot in the heart trophy conversation this year. But this is just, yeah, that was kind of just on top off topic, but I'm sure we'll get to that in a later episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, this is a unreal. I didn't realize how good he was, <laughs> but so I so I looked, and he's like been on a heater since April started. like that's really where all the a lot of his points came, and so is Pittsburgh for that mm. matter. They've really been hot too, and he's obviously at the forefront of that, so. An unreal achievement for Crosby. I mean, this guy, like everyone's talking about McDavid and he deserves all the praise right now, but this guy's like forgotten and it's like he's <laughs> literally a top three player in the league still, like, or top five. So, I mean, it's just crazy.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's this, this awards actually, or this milestone is actually crazier than it seems, but I mean, look at the conversation. There's only two other names there. That's how crazy this, uh, this milestone was for Crosby, but. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Everything attached to that name is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. So another uh, great milestone there. And another one coming up here is the Big Z. Uh, Chara becomes the fifth defenseman to reach 1,600 NHL games played. I believe he's 43 years old. Is that correct? I think he actually
1: turned 44 in March.
0: 44. So yeah. Big Z, just <laughs> another milestone, man. Just the longevity of careers here we're seeing in this milestone trend we have here. 1,600 games as a defenseman, man. It's it's pretty incredible because I think I'm pretty certain with this statement I'm going to make right here. Like, he's he's not really bad. Like, he's still no, good.
1: No, no, he's not bad at all. Like, I think, like, people are saying, like, he'll come back another year. <laughs> <Like, laughs> will not be surprised. I think he averages, like, 17 minutes a game still, and he's, like, per- like Washington's, like, top two in the conference, so it's not like he's, like, a pylon out there, I mean, mm-hmm. he's still, like, effective for what he does, obviously he's not gonna put up points, that's been, like, long gone, but yeah. he's still going like, go on a penalty kill, he could still play, even though so, yeah. you would think, like, this guy is, like, a pylon with his age and uh, and his height, too, so... Still gets it done there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, the the height, the age, and it's still getting him these games and still making his presence dominant on the ice. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure multiple NHL players today are still scared of Zidane Char on the ice, even though he's not as dominant as back then. But yeah, Big Z climbs the ranks for games as, as well. If he comes back for another year, I, I think it has to be with Washington again. I can't see another team just grabbing him, but... We've seen weirder things happen before in the NHL. Yeah. Um, moving on to our fourth thing, there's some weird things going on here because three teams have clinched a playoff spot in the West Division. So that would be the Minnesota Wild, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Vegas Golden Knights. They all clinched in the same, I think, between three or four days here. So, yep. I mean, what are your thoughts here? I, I know I wrote this down. Is this the new crown for the easiest division in hockey? Are we still on the North?
1: This is a tough one because I could say yes, as As the easiest. But I also think it's the most top-heavy. Like, the Avs and the Golden Knights are, like, pure cup contenders. Like, either of those two should be, honestly, in the finals. So, that's why I don't know if I'll say it's the easiest. Because you have two of, like, probably the top three or four best teams in the league in that Mm -hmm. division. But, like, yeah. Then you have, like, San Jose, Anaheim, like, LA. Like, those teams are not good. And then the Coyotes, who knows what the hell they are. The Blues have been very underwhelming. Like, the Blues... Like, they're still fighting for their season right now. I think they're in the fourth spot right now because they beat the Abs yesterday. But they're, like, on life support to make that fourth seat because Arizona's right there, I think. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought the division would be... I, I did not... No one expected the Wild to be this good. They have over 30 wins, I think, yeah. which is incredible. But, I yeah, I could see the easiest division. But also, in the north, there's literally, like, three teams <laughs> as well. Like, the fourth spot is pathetic, to say the least. <laughs> And you could say the same thing with about the West, but yeah, would you, you could, rather yeah. take St. Louis right now as a team or Montreal? Uh, I think I would take St. Louis in terms of their roster. So right, yeah. I don't know. It, it's tough, but like I could, I could see that that argument.
0: Yeah, and I just kind of keep wanting to talk about the division because I mean I don't think like you said anyone expected the Wild to be this good, right? I mean some people obviously came out there and said they would be this good. Maybe they missed the playoffs, but. They're going to be playing a hard team in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that's for sure, the first round. So, I mean, whatever they do in the first round, and it's going to be on the back of Krill Kaprasov and Cam Talbot, and, you know, just remarkable what the year they're having. And I just want to quickly mention that the Minnesota Wild have 65 points, and that's in third place, and the St. Louis Blues have 48 points in fourth (laughs) place, so... Yeah. Talk about dominance at the top of that division. I think that's literally a pure example of how dominant those three teams have been.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just literally just it's so top heavy and like like you said like the wild of all teams are the ones that are like <laughs> dominating. Like, it's just it's I don't never not expected this at all. Especially they don't even have like a true center like really. No,
0: and like, the the way the year, the year started, they got rid of Koivu. they got Johansson for Eric Stahl. I mean, we thought this team was going to be in rebuild, and look at them right now.
1: Yeah, they're in, they're in win mode right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so we'll see what happens in the first round there, because one of the ABS or Golden Knights are going to be playing in the first round. I think they're both going to be the heavy favorite over the Wild, but yep. we've seen stranger things happen before. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can get to our next news we have here. It's not great news to talk about, but it's something that's always uh, brought up in conversation on this podcast.
1: Yeah, for I one last thing on the Divisions. Carolina okay. also com, uh, clinched a playoff spot, so they're currently sitting first in the Central as well. So I just wanted to throw them in there as well. But yeah, these are the news. or They're all injury-related, and it, they're not good news. So Eichel, obviously, I think we talked about it last episode or a few weeks ago. He is obviously over this season with a neck injury. Then we have Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi on the Detroit... Sorry, is it Tyler Bertuzzi? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was thinking of Todd for some reason. That's his dad. For God's sake, yeah. So Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi are both out for the year uh, for Detroit. That's like another blow to a team that just got absolutely demolished in terms of dominance by the Stars this past week. They got a shot like fifty something to like fifteen. And they lost in overtime, so. But anyways, and then Jakob Silverberg's out for the year for the Ducks. And then Ehlers, so this is a big one for the Winnipeg Jets. He's out for the rest of the regular season. Originally, it was reported he was out for the whole year, but apparently it's just the regular season now, so the last two-ish weeks of the year. And then he should be back by the playoffs. But speaking of the Jets, they've been really struggling Mm -hmm. as of late. Like, their whole team. It's like, since the trade deadline, they've lost well, they've lost four straight in regulation being outplayed in all four games. Yeah, And they just haven't been... Like, Hellebuck's been shaky. It's just not a good time for the Jets right now. Like, they're kind of, like, trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time here.
0: Yeah, and I, I think to blame is, you know, obviously maybe the injury bug and stuff like that. I mean, Lowry went down versus the Leafs. Ehlers went down versus the Leafs. But like you said before, they've, they've been losing before that with those guys in the lineup. So, yeah. I mean, I think... I think I'm right in saying that we're seeing their decor uh, not upgraded. Obviously, Jordy yeah. Ben just is not great. <laughs> no. I, I saw it firsthand on Saturday. <laughs> so I mean, you were seeing what they could have done in the trade deadline, and they didn't go out there and do. And that was address the defense. I mean, their forwards are great, but if they're not going to score like they did last night, and they got demolished by one player, Connor McDavid, who we're definitely going to mention at the end of the episode because he's just incredible. But Talk about the Jets, they just got manhandled by one player, 6-1. I mean, you scored one goal. Mark Scheifele, your best player right now, scoring the goals. And, you know, you're going to need a better effort from your team. And like you said, it's not the direction you want to be going in at this time of the season. So Ealer's out. He's a big factor in the team. He had a really, really, really solid year. And, you know, hopefully he's ready to go for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, they're just really like like you said, like their decor has been exposed. Like we were talking about this, like before the season started, like that's by far their biggest weakness. And it's like, it's really showing its head right now. Like you're talking about McDavid, the guy, like I think almost all three of his goals were breakaways. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he had there was a clip I saw, he had a breakaway that he missed as well. So you have like almost <laughs> four or five breakaways in one game. <laughs> like what? Yeah,
0: know. it's it. Uh, and like, you're not going to defend Connor McDavid, obviously like most of the teams in the Canadian division barely could do that. And, you know, obviously the Jets don't have a great decor, but I mean, you got to do a better effort. I mean, I've seen online people begging for Vinny Hainola to get in the lineup. They're just not playing him for some reason. I don't, I don't get it. I th- maybe they think Logan Stanley's better, but clearly they got to do something there to change what's going on. And you know, I'm just looking at the last 4 games like you said they've lost. They have five goals in four games. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, talk about the defense. Well, yeah, talk about the defense. The goal scoring isn't there either, right?
1: Yeah. That, that's I didn't know it was that bad. But yeah, they've been they've been like brutal the last four games, especially. And it's like teams like they have to kinda of compete with like the mm-hmm. Leafs, the Oilers. You're gonna play the Oilers in the first round and you get destroyed by them near the mm-hmm. end of the year. Like that doesn't just show much confidence in like your group and like I don't know. It's like they just like fell off a cliff the last week and a half. And it's like even Hellebuck, it's like mm-hmm. the guy was pulled versus the Leafs. He was yeah. pulled yesterday. It's like, man, what's going on?
0: Yeah. Well, We'll see what the Jets can do. I think they're a strong team, but, you know, the defense has to get going here. But, yeah, the other injuries, Eichel, I think we mentioned that. I just wrote it. But there's a lot more injuries that we're not talking about that, you know, we could. But the Larkin and Bertuzzi one, it's just another one for Detroit where it's like, yeah, you're you're just, yeah, just don't even watch the Red Wings this year. Because, like you mentioned, the Dallas Stars beat up on them, and they didn't even score many goals. They just got a lot of shots in Bernier. Literally had to carry that team on their on his back for that night. But Bertuzzi's been out for like the second, since the second week of the year, so really tough here for Bertuzzi. And then, obviously, we saw Manta go at the tread deadline. Verona looks like a great player, but... Oh yeah, we didn't know.
1: mention he scored four goals in one game. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> that was versus the Stars, actually. The 7-3 yeah. win versus the Stars as well. But, yeah, the Red Wings aren't very watchable right now. I guess Joe Valeno's called up, but... I mean what else are you going to watch for the Red Wings?
1: Yeah, I mean they're just they just got to pack it in now. Like obviously the the whole the whole Manta trade was kind of big news around the team you bring in Verano who has been like great for them so far. So just more I guess hopefully Valeno gets into the lineup soon. They have a bunch of young guys overseas European prospects like Lucas Raymond and Cider that will hopefully like fans are hoping they'll at least be at camp next year and potentially make the lineup so It's just more of next year will be the year that hopefully you'll get to see more of the young guys.
0: Yep. Um, And speaking of young guys, I mean, this is just devastating news for both the IIHF Women's World Championship and the OHL season. They're both uh, officially canceled. So the OHL has been waiting, I think, four months for this season to happen and it just didn't end up going to fruition. They had a plan, didn't work. And... You know, speaking of a plan for the IHF Women's World Championship, they didn't have a plan, and we talked about this in our group chat. It's it's really honestly embarrassing on Hockey Canada and the IHF here.
1: Very embarrassing. Like the OHL season. Okay, the, this was like already over. Like I would say, like a month ago. Like yeah, if yeah, you didn't have it going by the beginning of March, like it, it was yeah. not happening. So that was kind of a formality, but again, it sucks because like guys who like were either late picks in the NHL, like didn't have a chance to kind of develop or like mm-hmm. you know draft eligible people this coming draft. Like scouts haven't seen them in a year. So it really sucks because the OHL has a lot, a lot of players that go into the NHL or at least get drafted to the NHL, so that sucks. But the IIHF women's is horrible. I hate it. Hockey Canada should be embarrassed. The IIHF should be embarrassed because these women they basically play like for like 1% of what an NHL player makes or a top one they love playing so whenever they have the tournaments and all the stuff they get they really look forward to like matching up like Canada versus US yes. they they train with those players all the time you know they always are they're battling on social media too like they they're really into it and they've been looking forward to this since that the cup got the chat what was the cup that
0: oh yeah I, I, I forgot the what the the one that name had the is. bubble
1: yeah we're forgetting the name right now but the one that got literally canceled before the finals <laughs> yeah, like that makes that, no sense yeah, yeah that makes no sense like you had it going you couldn't finish it and then this it's like you had teams that were basically flying into halifax and all of a sudden the province is like no we don't want this happening right now it's like what do you mean like how did you not see this coming like you can't cancel it like now yeah no. It's so so stupid. I feel so bad for the women's players because they work so hard. They train like like the NHL players basically and yeah. they get they don't get paid not even close to as much and they, you know, they don't have that as many games, they don't get that much attention. So anything to sh- put a light on their game yep. is basically taken away all the time so yeah they,
0: they clearly get the short end of the stick all the time I mean look at look what's happening <laughs> I think in two months or a month and a half the double IHF men's world championship is happening overseas in Yeah, and, yep. and I'm pretty sure they're going to bring you know some of the North American NHL players here for to there right so I, I don't know how you can do a tournament in Europe and then not do this in Nova Scotia I know the cases are high but I mean like, you you just had to have a plan going into this, and obviously, clearly, they didn't because they just folded, like, a like a folding table here, boys. Like, yeah, it's just, it's so bad. Like, I, I want to see them play, really, and we haven't seen them play for a, a year and a half now, and, you know, women's are, like, they, their shot is to get an opportunity to play in a big tournament, and that's because that's all the way you can watch them on and, like, play on for some reason because their leagues keep folding, folding and, you know, it's terrible, but... Yeah, I really wanted that tournament to happen and just obviously it didn't happen because, yeah, embarrassing uh, management by both the IIHF and the uh, the uh, Canadian Hockey uh, aff- affiliation. So, I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, we're seeing the U18 thing tournament going on for Team Canada down in Texas. Obviously, Texas and the United States are different from us right now, but, I mean, you got to get something going like this.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was officially, officially cancelled the women's, I think they're trying however they hard, try. however hard they say they're trying, they're trying to get it in the States in like a month or so. But I mean, all, all it is right now is talk unless it actually happens. And I won't believe it until they're actually on the ice and playing. Cause this was supposed to happen in like two weeks, mm-hmm. I think so.
0: Yeah. And then going back to the OHL, I mean, I talked about this on the other pod and I was saying like, Obviously, I feel bad for Shane Wright. He's been off for a year. He's going to U 18s right now. I'm pretty sure he's going to look good in that (laughs) Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. But he missed basically a whole year of hockey. And, you know, he could have went overseas. And I'm pretty sure the Kingston Frontenac said, no, you're not because we don't want to risk an injury. And when you come back, if we don't have you playing, we're not going to generate enough fans, enough money. So you're not going. And he's been off for a year. But the people I feel bad for, I think Shane Wright's going to be fine. He's going to be a top talent in the NHL when he gets drafted in 2022. The people I feel bad for is the fringe draft players that could have went in the sixth, the seventh round, yeah. or could have shown, shined um, in like top-line pairings with these younger guys. And they're not going to get that shot anymore, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that's that's the worst part of it. It's like those fringe guys that were either drafted late and could have a huge year to kind of build their stock, and then maybe like they'll go to the AHL. Yep. But they don't, they don't have the opportunity now. Like, And the OHL is such a joke because they had so many guys overseas already mm-hmm. from like January, from like you know November to December, January. Like those guys were playing in like professional European leagues, and you recall them to sit on their ass at home for two months, and then you just decide to cancel the season. So, what the hell is your problem? Like, you should be accountable for this as well. Like, you just said the whole Shane Wright thing. That guy should have been overseas the second there was no season in place yet. Never mind injury. You weren't going to play, period. And you knew that. So, yeah,
0: that's totally right. I mean, I agree with you there. But, you know, these showcase tournaments, I think we got to watch because that's basically the only hockey we're going to see for a couple months from these young guys. So, um, Talking about other things that we're going to see on TV soon. Man, next year is going to be a big year for the National Hockey League. We have Seattle coming in, and we have this new TV deal. Uh, I don't know the full details on it, so you could kind of announce that. But, I mean, I, I know this is a new thing coming in for NBC, so take it away.
1: So we already announced a few episodes ago that the NHL is now transferring their media coverage, national media coverage to ESPN on a seven-year deal. We already talked about that. That was, I think, about a month ago. But then there was rumors of a second kind of television network in on the deal. And everyone thought it was going to be Fox or like NBCSN was going to be second. But it was actually Turner Sports that took over the deal. And these are the guys that do TNT TNT and TBS, so that's like the Shaq, Charles Barkley crew for the NBA. So it's that network that will be taking over the second, I guess, national coverage for the NHL, which is I think is a, amazing because they have a lot of um, TNT. From what I was reading earlier today, because they made it official today, mm-hmm. so ABC slash ESPN will have four out of the next Stanley Cup final for the next seven Stanley Cup finals specifically tspn and internal have three out of the seven so it's pretty evenly split um i think they're having 72 games per year strictly on turner sports which is great they have the i think they have uh rights for hbo max as well yes so, yeah yeah so the Leafs are i don't know if we mentioned this ever but the Leafs are doing an amazon series right now for this season and basically, now that Turner Sports is involved, they could basically kind of do like either a hard knocks, like what they do with the NFL, or something similar to that on HBO Max, which would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also one of the big things is that Bleacher Report, so the social media site, they have like over 9.5 million followers on Twitter. <laughs> they're going to have rights to broadcast highlights, which I find kind of weird because like I, you, I only mostly know them for Strictly NBA and they're like kind of cringe. They're actually really cringe. <laughs> But, I mean, they have a lot of followers. So, I mean, it, it's great for growing the game in general because they'll have rights to post those highlights. So, instead right. of just seeing, you know, LeBron 24-7, <laughs> LeBron report over there, we'll see some <laughs> hockey highlights. Maybe McDavid report, hopefully, soon. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it's just, I just I think it's great for growing the game because the U.S. is rarely where it needed to grow. And they've been doing well this year. They've had record-breaking numbers. Like, I know Sportsnet's had record-breaking numbers. And um nbc has record-breaking numbers this year for streaming and just watching games so this is just only going to make it better make hockey more popular which will hopefully raise the salary cap and just Mm -hmm. it's a it's all good things right now
0: yeah yeah definitely good things happening for the nhl and i i think the number one word is exposure and that's the thing that they're trying to do here expose the hockey world to americans who don't watch right like it's it's probably the lesser-known uh, sport in North America, clearly, because obviously it's not getting watched down there. But even here, too, some people don't watch it here. But this coverage of for TNT and Turner Sports is going to be awesome for the NHL. I think it's a great move. And, you know, I don't know what happens with all the NBC crew. Do they transfer over? Like we talked about this. I, I I don't know what's going on. Maybe they hire a new staff to get in there and kind of reboot the system. But who wouldn't love Charles Barkley talking about hockey on <laughs> TNT Sports?
1: <laughs> He's, he's an advocate for, for hockey, I think. He, is, he, actually, yeah. he talks about it. He says he likes it a lot. One of his favorite sports behind, obviously, basketball, I think golf. So, I mean, that'd be pretty jokes. I would literally watch a whole game <laughs> of just their reaction to like Shaq, Kenny the Jet Smith, Ernie, <laughs> just watching their reaction to what they're watching. Like Basically, just them in studio watching a game or something.
0: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So we'll see how it pans out for us in Canada because I know that's the state. So maybe I don't know how we get affected. Maybe the games go on Sportsnet because they, see, they seem to have a deal with NBC and some other broadcast networks for NHL up here so they can air games. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, so good news for the NHL there. Not so great news for one player in the National Hockey League. I mean, just pretty sad news. Andrew Shaw announces a retirement yesterday early in the morning. And it was just one tweet that he kind of put out there. So if you guys don't know what Andrew Shaw is, he was one of the main parts of the Chicago Blackhawks teams who got them to the Stanley Cup finals twice. And, you know, war number 65 played for your Montreal Canadians as well. And I think the most memorable thing for him is just the way he f- like fought not not literally, but the way he fought on the ice and just grit his way into getting the puck and you know, a great teammate as well. He was under the age of thirty, which is even more sad. So, I mean, just talk about the Andrew Shaw injury and the impact.
1: Yeah, like this is just another tough blow for the, just the Hawks in general this year. They've had so many like we'll get into it shortly, but they've had like so many like rough uh, injuries this year. Like obviously the Kirby Doc started the year. He's back now. Alex Nylander, obviously Jonathan Taves, who has now been ruled out for the rest of this year, but that was kind of expected already. But the good news on that front is that he's expected to make a full recovery for next season. So that's great news. Because Jonathan Taze is still one of the better players in the league still, even though he's like 33 now, I think. So, I mean, yeah, Shaw was just a, a pure battler. Like, he had like that. He rocked a no visor. He would hit. He'd get high sticks so many times. He had so many cuts on his face. He would always be in the corners. And he was. everyone loved him. In Montreal, he was really well-loved. I mean... I'm not I don't I'll be honest, I don't love the price they gave up to get him and then gave him back to Chicago. I I don't like that, but overall he was a great teammate. Everyone loved him in the dressing room. And it was just a tough tough to see him go out like this due to multiple concussions. So
0: Yeah, and we talked about the circumstances for the Hawks, and we didn't even mention the guys who were on that cup team that went down with bad injuries. And you know, we talk about Hosa, Crawford. I mean, Sharp went out on his own feet, but Christopher Stieg as well. I think there was another guy in there as well, but I can't remember. Bickle, but Bickle. and
1: uh, Seabrook.
0: Seabrook, that's right. Yeah, just, I mean, I, I don't know. Did the miles go, get to them? Like, it's very tough to see all this this whole team kind of shatter right in front of us, but they won their cups, and yeah, it's just really tough news to like kind of see in Chicago. With all these guys who you watch for many years, and they've got you success, so... Just really bad in Chicago right now, but hopefully things turn bright. I mean, they have a bright future, some young guys there. So, you know, Patty Kane's still doing his thing. He might be in that heart conversation like you mentioned. Sid might be in, but, you know, maybe they get in the playoffs. Maybe they don't. We'll see. But, yeah, bad news for the Hawks here. All right, we can go into our awards segment of the episode. So starting off with the hard hat, who do you have this week from uh, for your hard hat?
1: So, I have another goaltender this week. I had Trish Durkin last week, and this week I have Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, this is just in the last seven days. I know it's been over like more than that since we last recorded, but in the last seven days, he's 3 0 with one shutout and a 9 23 save percentage. Him and the Pittsburgh Penguins have been rolling as of late. I think in the last, I think I saw this that like the last 15 or 16 games are like 14 4 1 or something like Hmm. that. And it just makes it all the more funny. And one of the first spicy meatball of the year <laughs> was Are the Penguins in Trouble? And you wisely said no. And they are clearly not in trouble. As they're right now, I think they're first in their division. Right yeah, there with they was- are, yeah. right there with Washington. And I think the Islanders are there too. So Tristan Jar is my hard hat award winner. He was so bad to start the year, and he's been unreal for like the last, I would say, two months. Like really kind of, I guess, you know making his numbers a lot better, winning a lot of games. Him and DeSmith have been great overall. So Yari is my hard hat award winner of the year, of the week.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, at the beginning of the year, people were crying for Matt Murray back. I was like, are you crazy? But, <laughs> yeah, you don't want that guy back right now. Oh, no, his. no,
1: he's terrible.
0: So Tristan Yari has been good. Uh, another guy I'm going to pick from the Minnesota Wild, I think you know, might know what it is. It is clearly their best player. Kirill Kaprasov, five games played in the last few days. Six goals plus one, three even strength points and three power play uh, goals as well. So, or sorry, even strength goals. So, I mean, clearly this guy's getting it done on every aspect of the game. And, you know, he really sparked something in that Minnesota Wild team this year. I think his presence, the young age he brings, definitely going to win the Calder at the end of the year. And they're in a playoff spot because of him. So, I mean, yeah, there's some other teammates he's got there like Cam Talbot, maybe Jared Spurgeon, I guess. Uh, Ryan Suter, Joel Eriksson X having a good year, but at the helm of it, at the helm of the ship, he's steering the ship. It's Krill Kaprasov doing that. So that's my hard hat of the week. Uh, and like you said, you kind of muffled on Tristan Jari of the year. Krill Kaprasov could be the hard hat of the year for all we know, but yeah. we'll see at the end of the year if he gets that calder. I assume he does, but we'll see. Yeah, Heading into the. You want to talk about something else or.
1: No, no, I was just going to say, like, yeah, he's definitely deserved that. I mean, Jason Robertson's making a a run for it, (laughs) but just in terms of overall, like, instant impact, like, obviously Robertson's been great, and he kind of came out of nowhere, really, (laughs) but Kaprasov, like, took the wild and made them, like, watchable. Like, they were so, like, such a middling team before he got there, and now, like, they're exciting to watch. He's exciting to watch, so he just kind of, like, changed the whole team. So.
0: Yep, totally agree um we can move into the golden plunger given to the biggest underperformer or team this week we haven't picked a team in a while and this we're picking two players here i'm gonna pick two players because i don't think this the guy deserves to get it because you know we kind of scored a Gino yesterday but flush the toilet before we get into it and both of these guys played each other last night so i think you can mention your guy first because he's definitely doing worse
1: yeah so my guy is this has been really surprising all year and it's in Matthew Kachuk of the Calgary Flames he has not scored since April 2nd that is almost a month without a goal and I think he only has like maybe four assists in the last 11 or 12 games and his ice time's down since Sutter's been there and he's just had a really bad year he started off pretty pretty decently under Jeff Ward and but like literally as soon as Sutter got there it's like he just like, with MIA, like, the three games versus Montreal, I did not notice him at all. And he's usually the guy you notice on every shift, agitating, yep. getting under your skin in front of the net. He just did nothing. So.
0: Yeah, he's really having a bad, monstrous year. And, you know, does this change the direction for the Calgary Flames? We don't know. But I think this is just an off year from Kachuk. He'll come back stronger next year. So. We'll see. Um, With my guy, I have Shea Weber. I mean, he scored last night, yes, but I think he has one point. Did you change that one point
1: now? No, it's probably two now. It's probably two now, right? (laughs) So,
0: yeah, two points in the last 12 games, minus in nine of those 12 games. And, you know, it's concerning considering the age he's at, uh, the letter he wears on his sweater, and for the Montreal Canadiens dying to get into a playoff spot, literally dying to get into a playoff spot. And, you know, they haven't looked great. I think you could admit that as well, but... You know, they got a young guy coming in, Cole Caulfield. He played really well last night. Didn't obviously get a point, but um, pretty anchored on that uh, Philippe Deneau and uh, well, who was the other guy on that line? Tatar. Tatar. I don't know why they're playing with him, but sure. Um, <laughs> we're talking about Weber here, but another guy I was going to pick is Nazem Kadri. I mean, you talk about a, a guy who's not having a great year and kind of plays like a Chuck. It's Nazem Kadri. He hasn't had a point in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games.
1: Wow, I didn't know it was that bad, Goddamn!
0: And he's not even having a really good year. I think he has like 20 points, so... I That's mean, not
1: good at all, and they're literally a dominant team, so...
0: Like, are, are we seeing a Nazem Kadri rejuvenation in the playoffs again? Because he didn't have a great year last year in the in the season, and then obviously turned it on in the playoffs, so are we seeing the same trend here? I, I don't know, but, you know, those are my two guys, because I think Weber should get the benefit of the doubt for scoring last night, but... Yeah, so Golden Plunger as it stands, Shea Weber, Nazem Kadri for me, and then Matthew Kachuk, all deserving of that award for this one. But yep, we'll go into the next uh, segment. So introduce it.
1: So for this segment, this is our What You Say. So we got Jason Derulo in here to kind of introduce the segment. What you say. So for this week, the What You Say was it's there wasn't like too much out there in terms of quotes. So I kind of picked one that was I thought was like really stupid. And you could probably agree to this as well. So after, I think the first game of the Leafs and Jets series, where I think Lowry left the game with the injury and whatever. Uh, I think a Jets reporter, so a guy that fought, that reports on the Jets, asked like Paul Maurice, saying like the Leafs are a dirty team or something like that. And like Maurice didn't flat out like agree, but he kind of like you know he was like you know his usual Maurice way. He was like tongue in cheek and like sarcastic, but like speaking kind of truth to it so this is what he had to say i don't
0: think so i i i don't i don't feel that the the league has said they're not so we will abide by the league's rulings and final question is sean reynolds from sports net question but they are a poorer team right they've some fines probably <laughs> they would be looking
1: at some part-time jobs now because that's got to hurt <laughs> so what are your thoughts on that um that quote there
0: yeah i mean i, I mean you could obviously be frustrated what happens on the ice but has he not looked at his team I mean that's Duval. exactly
1: why it's here <laughs>
0: like Pierre Luc Duval was running around Saturday night and Nikolai Ehlers was running around with Jumbo last or last Saturday and you know he's got some guys there that are feisty so I mean he's coached some guys on that team that are also feisty and dirty but I mean, it's just all mind games, I think. I mean, don't really take it to heartleaf fans. I mean, if you do, you're kind of crazy, But because we obviously know our team's not that dirty. I guess Simmons can cross that line once in a while. But, I mean, sure, but Paul Maurice, come out there, and what you're going to say, I guess it adds fuel to the fire, right? So, I mean, nothing completely, I guess, wrong. I mean, the only wrong thing is I don't think we're a dirty team. But, yeah, fuel to the fire there from Paul.
1: Yeah, that's what my thoughts. It's like they're definitely like if anything the jets are dirtier than the Leafs, but like also like the the Leafs do have some guys that like will cross out on like Simmons, maybe even Bogosian from time to time who's obviously out now. And then Jumbo all of a sudden turned into a Colton or over the weekend. Being really uh, fired up in the penalty box, going after Ehlers. He cross checked him, broke his stick, got a new one, and cross checked him again. Yeah. (laughs) My God. That guy must have been pissed. That (laughs) jumbo. But yeah, they're definitely not a dirty team. They do have much more of a chip, obviously, than they've had in the last, since basically Matthews has been there. So Mm -hmm. that's always a good thing, especially in the playoffs. So. That's just how they are right now, and polly has got to accept it there. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely has got to accept that. Um, we'll move into the Battle of the Buds, and uh, last week I went 2-1. and one, You went 2-1 and one as well. You picked, was that? We didn't even get to that game, really. That was the game that the Leafs farted against the Canucks, really. Yep. And I said and you it right said before. It. You
1: said it. Yeah, and I was just like, there's no way, <laughs> like, you know, the Canucks haven't played in three weeks, and what happened? Holpe had the best game of his career <laughs> other than the Cup Finals, and uh, Campbell was Swiss cheese for a few of the goals, and then they lost in overtime, I think. So that was just, like, I was like, come on. but And they even lost the next night. So even if I picked the next game, <laughs> they would have lost anyway. So.
0: That's, that's true, and, you know, either – for mine, the Sens always tend to beat the Flames for some reason. And, you know, I looked at the standings. Obviously, Vancouver's got a ton of games in hand, but they're one point behind Vancouver. Just crazy how that even, like, you even put that into a sentence. But, yeah, I picked the Leafs also later in that week versus the Jets, some from Redemption, and they got it. So, I mean, that was the Thursday night game. So, 2-1 on the week, 2-1 on the week for you. Overall record of 34-11 and 11 for me, 27-18 and 18 for you. Uh, you can list off your games first, and I'll go.
1: Sure. So I have the Oilers and the Jets tomorrow night. And the Oilers just embarrass the Jets. So I'm kind. Of, it might be risky to have them go and win in Winnipeg once again. The Jets might bounce back and win big. Who knows? But I'm going to have the Oilers in that one. And then the next night on April 29th, the Red Wings visit the Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes have been unreal this year. Red Wings, not so much. Hurricanes at home. And then the Penguins at the Capitol. So this could be a coin flip game. So this is on May 1st. Which is Saturday, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna have the Penguins on the road, but that, that's a toss up. Yeah, that's a risky so one. That's a, I have two risky ones and one slam dunk, so we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, it works out. Um, my first one was supposed to be yesterday, so I kind of got a bailout card here from recording on Tuesday. So I'm picking the Hurricanes over the Stars tonight, and they're back to back. Uh, the next, the tomorrow night, I'm picking the Golden Knights who are home to the Avs, so that's also a coin toss too, but you know, Avs just lost to the Blues. Are they still down? We don't know who's starting in net tomorrow. Is it Dubnik or Johansson? Grubauer's still out. So I'm taking the Golden Knights there. And then on April 29th, I'm going to take the Maple Leafs who are home to the Canucks to kind of get revenge for those two games they dropped against the Canucks. And, you know, the Leafs have been good at home against the Canucks. We saw early in the year, they kind of smoked them at home. So hopefully for the same result. So that's been our three games. Hopefully some coin tosses there, some mm, slam dunks, I guess, there. But we'll see how it plays out. So that's been the heart, or Battle of the Buds segment, my bad. And we can go into Joe Spice Meatball. Before we go into your meatball, though, I kind of want to go through all the meatballs. Like sure. you said at the beginning of the episode. So are the Penguins in trouble? I said no. I think that was a good move. Uh, will Line A be in Columbus next year? I said yes. Um,
1: that 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 is very questionable right yeah. now. <laughs> that's questionable.
0: <laughs> Their team is, I believe, in last, right? In the, they are the
1: lost. Yeah, Detroit's <laughs> past them, I believe. Which is, I don't even know what to say about that one.
0: Um, Dan Quinn will be fired from next year uh, at the season. Sorry, at the end of this season. Uh, so that's the New York Rangers head coach. I said yes, so I don't think that's going to happen because. I mean, they kind of put a roll together, I guess. And yeah, they're the on a roll,
1: them. but they still, uh, since they had such a bad start, like, yeah. I mean, they're literally going to miss because of that. So.
0: Uh, Detroit will win the lottery this year. I said yes.
1: To be determined, even though they're not even the worst team in the league <laughs> this year.
0: Not even the worst team in their division.
1: Nope.
0: Uh, Nashville San Jose GMs will be fired, one of them uh i said yes to nashville and no to san jose i think it might be opposite
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it might be opposite now who knows nashville's Uh, gonna make the playoffs it looks like
0: yeah they're they might get into that fourth spot and whoever they play they're just gonna get washed anyway so don't matter um matthew's 50 goal season i said no i think i made a good call there
1: yeah he could get 40 but not 50 this year
0: uh, Jack Eichel will be traded to a Western Conference team in the offseason. That could still happen. I mean, yeah, that
1: could still happen.
0: We said the Minnesota Wild, right? So maybe that happens. Him and Krill. Oof, oof. That'd be nice. Um, 18, fans. 50% capacity for the playoffs. I said no. I think that was for the American teams, though, right? Yes. That could still happen, though. Some teams could. Well, definitely Dallas is doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it might happen for all of them, because that's, what, in two and a half weeks? Yeah. I think 50% is possible for some states but again you might be right saying no cuz not all of them like I don't think like New York would do it to be no, honest but yeah some states might have it like Florida probably for sure 50% Dallas so we'll see
0: <laughs> Dallas they're not going to get in the playoffs I said Dallas anyways um, Flyers will miss the playoffs I said no man Damn oh it.
1: that is rough they were they played they like <laughs> Wanted to miss the playoffs <laughs> this year with how bad they played.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk about a team who really did not bring it this year. This, that's the definition of a team who doesn't bring it this year. And, you know, I had faith in them, and then it obviously got crumbled. Um, the Islanders will get Taylor Hall. Um, and then you and then you added one, Islanders making the finals. So, obviously, they didn't get Hall. And maybe they get to the finals. I don't know. They haven't looked really good... I, I always say that about the Islanders, they haven't looked good. And then I look at their schedule and they're winning. So I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. That's the thing. Like, we always think, eh, they're kind of average. And then <laughs> they are won, like, five of the last six.
0: And then this was a prediction, I think, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: So you go and say, yeah.
1: So this one was for the trade that wait for the islanders finals or the trade deadline
0: no oh, trade deadline I was yeah okay about.
1: so this was a few weeks this was i think two weeks before the trade deadline we said it was gonna be one of the worst deadlines of recent memory you said yes and <laughs> I, mean, I i mean like the actual day wasn't great except the end like with the whole man the yeah. trade but the weekend was really good i yeah. thought so i think we were kind of wrong on that yeah i one. think we're
0: kind of wrong yeah um, um The next next one. Yeah, you go next one.
1: All right, so the Maple Leafs will sweep the Oilers in the first round. So that's not going to (laughs) happen because Montreal shit their pants and they will most likely be in the fourth seed. (laughs) So you said no, and it doesn't even apply. So you were right anyways. Um, And then this was obviously right before the deadline. Taylor Hall to the Wild. You said no. He ended up going to the Bruins, as we all know. And the last one, or last episode, Tampa back-to-back, you said no. And that's still to be determined.
0: Yeah, all these are... Some of them are said to be determined, but I guess the one recently, Taylor Hall to the Wild, is going to be right. But we have another one this week, so give it to me.
1: So the spicy meatball for this week is that Connor McDavid will be the unanimous Hart trophy winner this year. Unanimous. Unanimous. So he does, okay. even if he wins it, he has to be unanimous, which I don't even know if has happened in NHL history. But so I you're will saying put like, it out there. So you're
0: saying, like, the votes will just all be him?
1: Yes. Like, every all oh. the 100 people will vote him.
0: Oh, then I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, some, it's
1: very rare.
0: Because some smart aleck is just going to come out there and be like, I, I think it's Mike Smith. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I've seen on Twitter, dude, like, some people are saying... Uh, Mike Smith has been more valuable to their team than Connor McDavid this year. That is just ludicrous. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say more valuable at all. I would say, like, he has been sensational and a big part of their success, but definitely not the most valuable.
0: Yeah, so that's why I'm tending to lead to unanimous because there's other players in other markets who are having a little, uh, heart trophy candidate season. You could name the one here playing in Toronto, Austin Matthews, Patty Kane. And like you mentioned, you want to mention Sid again. I mean, you talked about him at the top of the episode.
1: Yeah, for sure. He has fifty six points in like forty eight games. I think they played, so he'll finish with like sixty five points most likely. And the guy's thirty three, and with no <laughs> Malkin for half the year. Obviously, he's got the good wingers. Got Rust Gensel, but he's the main driver of that team. He just does it every year, like we just said, sixteen consecutive seasons of over a point a game. So, yep. Even just with, I think the whole Malkin injury really could help him at least get nominated for the heart. But the reason why I say unanimous is because mm-hmm. in, in, in sports in recent years, there have been unanimous MVP awards. Like Steph Curry in the 15-16 year got unanimous. And then Lamar Jackson won it two years ago for the NFL. And usually that doesn't happen. That's why I said this might be for the NHL. They may trend in this direction because it it's so obvious yeah. that he's like, the, he should win it. But obviously, you have that back of your mind. Some smart aleck will say someone else. <laughs> which, obviously, Matthews is very valid for this year. But if you're just looking at this guy, he has 81 points in 48 games. Or, I think, less. No, he has 40, 81 points in 45 games. Am I reading that right? I think 46. 46. 46. Yeah. And Still, it and he he needs 19 points in the next 11 games, which is totally possible to get 100 in a 56 game year. He's currently on pace for over 140 points. He's not even known as a goal scorer, but yet he's second in the league in goals with 28. I'm, okay, he got a hat trick yesterday. but that counts, I mean, it's like he should. I think he should win unanimous, but like I could see why he wouldn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the only reason I would say yes is if the Oilers were having such a dominant year and they were in first. I think that would definitely be unanimous. But since they're in, I believe third, or I, I think, think they they're overtake, second now. Yeah. Yeah. Still, I I, I don't like even. If, I think if they're the best team in the NHL, it's hundred percent unanimous. But I believe the Golden State Warriors went on that run in fifteen sixteen, and that's why it was basically unanimous. And then obviously Lamar Jackson had a unbelievable year that year and was unanimous there. But with Conor McDavid, it's weird because you have smart Alex here that just, you know, in their markets, they pick those players, but they're not even the best team in the league. I don't think they're, like, I think they're not even top six right now. I, I, I don't think they are, but, yeah, if they were, I, I would say it's Conor McDavid unanimous, and I would have answered yes, but, you know, people out there are going to vote other people, so I'll say no, but it's a good one. Yeah, I think the follow-up thing to that hot take should... It should be, is Conor McDavid going to hit 100 points? And I'm going to hammer the over. And oh, yeah. This.
1: That should be it. That should be a yes now. After four points yesterday, before <laughs> that, it was 23 and 12. So you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but now it's 19 and 11. And honestly, by Thursday, it could be like 15 and 10. So, like, who knows at this point with this guy, man?
0: Yeah. He's just, he does whatever he wants, literally. So, yeah. I mean, Connor McDavid one of the best. We talked about a lot of great players, a lot of milestones that could be reached. And honestly, this might be insane. Like 100 points in 56 games played. That's like I don't even know who's done that in the last few years. I don't no think
1: I don't think I've ever seen something like this. <clears throat> Excuse me. In my life. So,
0: yeah, you're getting choked up about Connor McDavid hitting 100 yeah, points. I, mean. <laughs> I
1: need some water over here, man.
0: Yeah, well, it's not that hard to beat the Ottawa Senators. But we're going to be very lucky to see Connor McDavid back in the playoffs this year. So, I mean, you could terrorize all those teams there with the Winnipeg Jets being his first victim. And then maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs or Montreal Canadiens being his second victim. So maybe he goes on a run. But I think the overbr- Overdrive boys said it best. It can't take one person uh, driving the ship. It's a whole cast that has to kind of bring that team to the final. But we'll see. That's enough on Connor McDavid, though. Any last words we have to uh, say before the podcast episode is over from your point?
1: So all I have is some updated power rankings that have been out now for a few days. I'm going to be working on the next week's uh, starting soon, probably be out Thursday or Friday. So keep a lookout for those ones because it is getting tiring to write, I will admit, but (laughs) the season is almost done. And honestly, the number one spot has been changing a lot recently. So if you if you pay attention to like the top 10, you only care about top 10. There has been movement in the top 10 mm-hmm. since I've been doing these rankings. So it's not like I'm putting the same two teams at the top all the time. Sometimes it's this team. Sometimes it's another team based on the week. So just go check that out. New, up, uh, new I guess, week will be out the end of this week.
0: Yep, sure. We'll keep tabs on that on all your baseball articles. We'll keep tabs on that as well. Uh, More content on the breakdownsports.com. Check for us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Posting a lot on Instagram. I mean, just keep liking those photos. Keep clicking the link in the bio, and you'll get to all the articles you want to read and kind of share with your friends. So from my point of view, there's a milestone coming up with the NHL I think no one is aware of, and it's Anze Kopitar hitting a 1,000 points very, very soon. And I wrote an article, it's ready to be published, just whenever he decide, whenever Anze, okay, Anze, it's in your court, whenever you want to get at those 1,000 points, that article is coming out, so I have that in the pipes right now, but other than that, not much, just keep listening to end-to-end, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll be back.
1: Next Sunday or Saturday.
0: Join us, then.
1: Woo!